Welcome back into the latest edition of the Last Word on Sports Media Podcast. I am the somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves. We've got a lot to go over here on this week's edition of the show. We are almost done with the month of May. Can you believe that? The fifth month of the year will be over with uh, by, by the time we come back around uh, here next week. Basically over with. It won't officially be June till midweek next week. Hey, the NBA Finals may even be starting by the middle of next week. Although I should say, as we do come in, that both series are not going to be sweeps. That's because the Boston Celtics actually showed a backbone in game four and gave a game five uh, in this instance, in that best of seven series to the uh, folks at Turner uh, for the Eastern Conference final. So they'll go back to Boston for a game five, unlike what happened on Monday night, where the Lakers bowed out for the second straight game at home, the fourth straight game overall. And for the first time ever, the Denver Nuggets are in the NBA Finals. Yes, I'm old enough to know the names Alex English and Fat Lever and uh, Doug Moe as the coach. I'm I'm speaking a foreign language to all the Gen Z NBA fans that think that NBA basketball started in the 2010s. Not the case. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, we've got an NBA Finals that's going to have Denver likely against the Miami Heat. Speaking of Miami, it's been the year of South Florida so far with the two teams from South Florida making the basketball Final Four, Florida Atlantic and Miami, the Hurricanes. In fact, we'll talk a little more Final Four with one of our guests in a bit, T.C. Martin of the T.C. Martin Show in Las Vegas, reminiscing about that Final Four. But it was just April when the March runs of both the Owls of FAU and the Canes of Jim Laranega, new contract extension for him, one of the good guys in college sports and in college coaching, good for him. 73 years young and getting a contract extension. Coach L. Uh, but we've got those South Florida teams, and now we've got the Miami Heat making the run that they've run, run through and, and on the verge of being in the NBA Finals. And you've got the Florida Panthers finally, finally showing something in a postseason for the first time this entire century. Reminder that the Panthers were in the Stanley Cup Final in just their second year of existence, 1996. They had only won one playoff series the entire century until this year, and now they're getting it done, and it looks like they're going to go ahead and put the Carolina Hurricanes away and make their way to the Stanley Cup final, where, speaking of T.C. Martin, we're going to talk to him in a few minutes about this. The Las Vegas Golden Knights appear after a Tuesday night whitewashing of Dallas and going up three games to none to be the Western Conference team. The thing that the NHL's got to be disappointed by, though, is instead of getting the defending champion Colorado Avalanche, instead of getting a Boston-New York series and a winner to maybe play for the Stanley Cup against Colorado or somebody like Edmonton with Connor McDavid, one of the great players in the game right now, leading a Western Canada team to the Stanley Cup Finals, instead of getting any of that, they're going to get Las Vegas, which is not even a top 40 media market, uh, against Miami, if that's what it is. Not much better in the NBA with Denver. Yes, Denver's a top 20 TV market, but Denver and Miami in the NBA instead of the Lakers. The Lakers maybe in the Celtics. So that's got to be a bit of a disappointment. I know the ratings have been much better for these NBA playoffs, but why do I get the feeling that an NBA Finals is going to take a, a buzzkill week off? Now, if the Celtics end up winning later this week, then there's still NBA basketball TV that is going to be on on Memorial Day weekend. So that helps. Because if Miami had ended this on Tuesday night as we released the podcast overnight Tuesday into Wednesday, if they had done that, 
then you would have been without the NBA Finals for nine days until the middle of next week. You've been without any NBA basketball. So at least this is going along uh, with some of the wins. Anyway, uh, so some some talk about the playoffs, talk about the ratings. We're going to get into more of that in a few moments. And again, T.C. Martin with me in a few minutes talking all things Las Vegas. I'm going to pick T.C.'s brain on some other subjects too, like Thursday night football flexes. The Indianapolis 500 is this week and the coverage on NBC. Uh, the flexing of the games for Amazon Prime for the NFL. We'll we'll talk all about that in a bit. Thank you for finding us, by the way, here on the Last Word on Sports Media podcast feed, not just for this show, the Last Word on Sports Media podcast, but also George Offman's Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, great personalities that he long-form interviews, storytelling podcast. Rick Riz, the longtime play-by-play man of the Seattle Mariners, is the guest this week. Ties right into what we do here with sports media and interviewing sports media and play-by-play announcers and figures and analysts and different people that we talk to here on the podcast feed. So George's uh, work with Rick Riz, who briefly uh, replaced Ernie Harwell as the voice of the Detroit Tigers back in the early 90s. What a mess that was. He's now been back in Seattle, uh, and and the uh, Mariners have finally gotten good again, finally made the playoffs for the first time in over 20 years last season. So Rick Riz, who actually got his start as a native Chicagoan, and at Southern Illinois University with George Offman. George interviews him on the latest edition of his podcast series. Again, a great series that has talked to the likes of Greg Gumbel of CBS recently, Jason Benetti of Fox Sports and Chicago White Sox broadcasting fame, Cubs World Series winning manager uh, Joe Madden, uh, among others. And, and all through the archive, people like Bob Costas, uh, Michael Wilbon, Kevin Harlan, Kenny Albert, on and on, on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. Great podcast, storytelling series that uh, that George has. And also Mike Gill and Phil DeMont-Mollen uh, as well with the Announcer Schedules podcast, week in and week out. They go over who does well, uh, who does it who does it well in the broadcast booths, national TV, national radio, et cetera. Good guests, great guests off of that podcast. It's also on this feed, Announcer Schedules as well with Mike and Phil. So you get all of that here in one stop. Make sure you uh, rate us, you review us, you follow, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, spread the word around. A five-star rating and review helps. If you enjoy the sports media content that we come your way with, the interviews, the takes, uh, rate us and review us and tell us how much you love that uh, as well. All right, uh, let's get into a couple of news items and then TC Martin is on deck here in a few moments. Uh, with me here on the last word on sports media podcast. Again, we saw excelling, surging ratings for the NBA playoffs. Uh, we know that the game three of the Nuggets series on ESPN with the LA Lakers, uh, one of the highest rated audiences again for a conference final over and over again, the NBA playoffs doing much better. Now, again, we come out of the pandemic 2020 campaign, which derailed their postseason. remember, uh, same with the NHL postseason, and, and you had to wait several months for those postseasons to play out later in 2020. Things finally back in the groove, finally back to normal. Again, how big of a blow will it be that it's Denver and Miami, though, in the NBA Finals? Could we be looking at, at low NBA Finals rankings uh, for that with the basketball? We also know, speaking of low rankings, the PGA Championship this weekend uh, down down significantly. In fact, it's it's one of the lowest rated PGA championships in uh, in over 15 years, with just over five million people watching Brooks Kepka's victory at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York. 
Kepka's fifth major championship didn't have a great drama in the final half hour or so to help gather more audience late in the day for CBS. Didn't have a Phil Mickelson or an injured Tiger Woods who's still out of commission. Phil now 53, right at 53 years of age. So they were, I mean, as a reference point, when Phil was winning his uh, championship two years ago, the PGA championship in May, apples to apples comparison 2021, over six and a half million people were watching. So a million and a half more were watching two years ago than we're watching now. Phil moves the needle. Tiger Woods moves the needle. Whom else? Moves the needle in the sport of golf. Speaking of moving the needle, we'll talk a little more with TC about this, but the WNBA season gets underway. Their audience excelling, including putting the opening game on network TV. We know that network TV uh, is such a difference maker for all of these different sports, and they are more and more becoming invested in these sports like football, like basketball, even Major League Baseball, because they get so much better ratings Then the weeknight drama series, reality shows, sitcoms, they're not drawing very much anymore as we frequently talk about this. So good on the WNBA that they got off to a good start with their opening weekend, including the uh, Phoenix Mercury and the LA Sparks number being over 700,000 that watched that opening game for the latest season of the WNBA. And that's Brittany Griner having been incarcerated in a Russian prison, having been released. She makes her return to pro basketball this past weekend. So that's gotten a lot of play outside of just the sports world. The mainstream uh, American news cycle was telling you about Brittany Griner and the WNBA o- opener for her and her Phoenix teammates against uh, the LA Sparks. So in any event, we'll talk more a little, a little bit more with uh, TC, who does the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, the Golden Aces uh, out of the WNBA, the defending champs. We'll talk to him about that coming up. All right, so uh, stand by for that as part of the conversation. A couple of other things, by the way, right now in sports media. How is it coming off the weekend that uh, Kevin Warren, the former commissioner of the Big Ten Conference, uh, what a mess he appears to have left behind as he bolts the Big Ten after only three years as the commissioner, to go back to his NFL roots and be uh, the president of the Chicago Bears. But now it has come to light that uh, what a mess. I mean, Warren was negotiating apparently with NBC to televise the Big Ten championship football game, and he didn't have the AOK, the authority to do so, to give NBC the rights. As it stands right now with new TV partners, with ESPN cut out altogether, with Fox as still the mainstay TV partner, but now NBC and CBS being added for Big Ten football. There's a couple of levels where the Big Ten schools are unhappy. One of them, they're unhappy because they're going to have to give money back on the TV deal to Fox because Kevin Warren erroneously allowed NBC to get their hands on the Big Ten title game for 2026 for three seasons from now. Not this season, but three seasons after that. And for whatever reason, Fox Sports still had the right, uh, I guess, a first refusal and say so. And and because Warren negotiated it away at a $40 million price tag for one game, $40 million for the Big Ten title game, that is money that's going to have to be given back in the TV deal for the schools to Fox because of what Kevin Warren either didn't know or didn't care in his negotiations while trying to secure NBC it's one of those things that I'm going to go ahead and do this, and maybe they'll sort it out later and, f- and figure out the accounting error. And what does the contract actually say? 
It is interesting in the reporting by Pete Thamel of ESPN.com that CBS has the Big Ten title game rights for 2024, not this season, but next season. That'll be the first year that USC and UCLA, by the way, come into the come into the Big Ten TV uh, picture. CBS also has the 2028 Big Ten title game. So they rotated this around. Warren negotiated these deals. And allegedly, Fox Sports was in on these negotiations because they have essentially the right of first refusal. So Fox doesn't apparently have a problem with CBS and the deal they got for the 2024 Big Ten title game and the 2026 title game, or the I'm sorry, the 2028 title game. They have a they have a problem, Fox does, with NBC getting the game for 2026 and for the give back. And here's something else, too. The stalwart, iconic Big Ten programs like Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, they've always had an understanding in these TV deals that in their conference uh, finales in November that they would not be playing night games. Uh, Part of that has to do with the weather. Part of it has to do with logistics of travel, trying to get back late night after a, a road game in the Big Ten. Well, apparently that was again negotiated away by Kevin Warren in the primetime deal with NBC to televise primetime Big Ten football. There's not a say-so for Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan State, the biggest programs of the Big Ten to say, no, uh, we don't want a primetime November game. We have uh, we have always played these games in the day, if not at noon, certainly by 3.30 Eastern time for the biggest schools. And sure, the lesser schools, the Indianas for football, uh, you know, Rutgers, they're they're all too eager to go along with whatever the Big Ten wants and play a game in prime time. If you're uh, if you're Illinois, if you're Minnesota, you you don't have the same stroke that Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State have in that regard. If you're Nebraska now in the Big Ten, struggling to figure it out, you don't have a say so on whether you're playing a prime time game or not. But apparently, these schools are unhappy and unhappy with what Kevin Warren negotiated away in this deal. So more to come on the Big Ten television deal that's coming out. By the way, speaking of lows, the Preakness Stakes are also at a at a real low. The Preakness Stakes was, has lost, what, what one-third of the audience of what the Kentucky Derby had a couple of weeks ago with the same horse, Mage, running in the race. Eventually, National Treasure won the race. But the Preakness, again, lowly rated on network TV – so it's interesting. Some things doing well, like the NBA playoffs doing well as of later, the Kentucky Derby that did well, or the Masters golf rating that did well, but not so much for uh, the Preakness uh, this past weekend with the PGA Championship in the ratings. All right, so there's a little ratings talk. Let's get into some other conversation about uh, what's going on in Las Vegas, where it looks like the Golden Knights are part of the Stanley Cup final now upcoming, uh, championship boxing, and much more. Uh, with a special guest that joins me now. It has been far too long since I have had a chance to commiserate on one of my pods and one of my shows with my initials brother from another mother. Uh, T.C. Martin of the T.C. Martin Show, five days a week in Las Vegas. I believe the last time that we did this officially together, uh, we were busy watching UConn own the state of Texas for like the 83rd time at the Final Four. Together, we were there to watch it all go down in Houston. How you been? There's been a lot happened since then. Has it really been since then on my stuff? I've been on your show, but I think it's been since the final four since we were watching 
Uh, Danny Hurley's Huskies cut the nets down, brother. Yeah, I think you're right about that. That was a great time, by the way. Uh, always, uh, it's become a a little bit of a tradition, a little ritual with uh, <laughs> TC and TJ at yes. the Final Four. Got to uh, do that. We've seen two great ones the last two years, and uh, and uh, in New Orleans and New in Houston, man, fantastic. So yeah, I think that was the last time that. Uh, we got a chance to chop it up. We should make mention you're doing this interview. I can see you in a Houston Astros shirt, and the Astros were raising the banner. You were part of all of that that opening weekend of, of the MLB season with the Astros uh, doing that as well. This man is nothing but around the biggest things in sports, and we love that uh, about you. So uh, I should make mention, too, I am in the presence of greatness and royalty. Because no BS, they're going to put you in the Nevada Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Is this for real, or is somebody? Are you saying this with a question mark? That sounds like your question. If I got something notifying me that I was in the Florida Broadcasters Hall of Fame, I would wonder who is pranking me, who is gagging me, who's pulling my leg. This is legit, though. You're going in, brother. You're going into the Hall of Fame. I am going in. Uh, Very, very happy. Very proud. Very humble. Um, you know, to go in the uh, Nevada Broadcasters Hall of Fame. All right, so you got notified. You're going to go in in September. Um, and and by the way, I should say to the audience, this guy hustles. He's as crazy as I am. He may be crazier with all the different ways that he hustles. How many years on this stint in Vegas, and how many years overall in Vegas on the radio and doing radio, so TV, that kind of stuff? That that's why this is special for me, TJ, because this, even though I was born and raised in Sacramento, I got my my start in Las Vegas and when I was doing national radio and the network was based here 1992. So even though I was went to school and in Sacramento for broadcasting communications, all that kind of good stuff, you know, doing the old DJ thing back in Sacramento, spinning (laughs) the hits, you know, getting my groove on and doing all that. Then that's when sports, uh, you know, was always part of my life, but that's when it really began for me. So I was here in Vegas from 92 to 99, uh, worked at two different networks and then also local station here. And then, uh, then back to Sacramento, my hometown to work on the, um, the 50,000 watt flamethrower, the home of the Sacramento Kings back there. And then in green Bay, working with the Packers also in Milwaukee and then back in Vegas in 2015 till now. So my second stint in Vegas, total of 23 years in the broadcasting business and 10 of them here in Las Vegas. Again, uh, he's like the unelected mayor whenever I'm around him. So uh, great stuff. All right. So let's dive in on several different fronts. I want to pick your brain eventually, as I've uh, made mention and set up here about Thursday night football being flexed now being allowed to be flexed Monday night football also being allowed to be flexed in the new NFL schedule. We're going to talk about that. I want to I want to find out organically whether you care about things like the Kentucky Derby, the Indianapolis 500, those things, the Indy 500 coming up this week. Obviously, the Kentucky Derby was a couple of weeks ago. We'll do all that in a few moments. First, give me a feel, because from the outside nationally, we're watching what the Vegas Golden Knights are doing. And at the time that we are talking, uh, they are taking a commanding 3 nothing lead over the Dallas Stars. So it's all but assured, barring a monumental collapse, which we've seen on an occasion before, they're going to be in the Stanley Cup final. You were there, if I'm correct, for both the Game 1 win and the Game 2 win. Give us, give us a taste of what that's like, because I know, uh, I mean, they, they obviously have had some success since uh, their expansion entry, but give us a taste of what it was like this past weekend because you were there. 
Well, it was a flashback, really, and we've become a little bit spoiled here, believe it or not, with the Vegas Golden Knights, as crazy as that sounds. And again, you know, I was here, you know, prior to hockey in Vegas, and people are saying, you know, I'm not saying that I was a skeptic, but it was like, really? I guess I was a skeptic. There's no question about it. Kudos to Bill Foley and the Maloofs for putting this uh, thing together. And, you know, the very first year, you know, the 2018 season, TJ, the Vegas Golden Knights go to the Stanley Cup final. And that was a wild, crazy season. And as we know, hockey is such a long season. I found myself, I believe, I went to, what was the number? It was something ridiculous. You know, we have the 41 regular season home games. Then we have postseason playoffs. I think I went to all but four games during the course of that <laughs> entire run. And of course I was there for every playoff game in that season. And then the Stanley cup finals, the two home games that the Vegas Golden Knights had. So this run has kind of reminded me of 2018, even though it's a little bit more expected this year with the number one, you know, seed in the West, but you know, we've kind of been there and we've kind of done that before. So, you know, the first year was like, wow, this is like, you know, rock concert, Cirque du Soleil on steroids, sports style, you know, but that is the vibe. And that is the feel that you get when you go, go to a golden Knights game. So now we've kind of like, eh, yeah, here we go again, you know, but it was good, great. It was electric. Um, you know, the Winnipeg series, intriguing Edmonton, very intriguing. Cause we thought, okay, this really is kind of giving you a, a sense of maybe like a Western conference final, but you know, when Dallas, we knew Dallas was going to be the opponent. Dallas beat the golden Knights three times during the course of the regular season. You know, all three games were close. Well, two of the three were close, uh, but the game, you know, here where, you know, this overtime shootout variety. So we knew that we were going to get this grinded out type of hockey, unlike what we got in the first two series and it was very, very exciting. And you're on the edge of your seat. You're not exactly sure who's going to, you know, come away with the victory here. And what do we have? Two, not only just one goal games, but two overtime games. And we had mass hysteria at T-Mobile Arena, mm. at the Fortress, as they like to call it. And uh, so then, you know, the Golden Knights uh, are now on their way to Dallas. And we're th thinking we're going to have more of these type of games. But right now, my friend, we are planning for the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, it certainly looks that way with the destruction in game three. And again, that will be resolved later this week. And then it looks like it's going to be the Florida Panthers, the final that everybody had, Las Vegas and Florida, baby. Yeah. Uh, after the season the Boston Bruins had, the, the Avalanche being the defending champs, my Tampa Bay Lightning, Champa Bay Lightning, having been in the Stanley Cup final, winning it twice, being there three years in a row, the final that everybody had was the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. But it so wait a minute, TJ. So the you just you skip right over your Champa Bay Lightning. Yes, you correct. have been prodding me every year. Correct. You know, went bye-bye in the first round. But since you are still in the state of Florida, as you mentioned, uh, does this mean that we are going to have a wager? The Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers? No, I are refuse. Are you going to represent your state? No, I and are refuse. we going to go food bet? I refuse to acknowledge anything Miami uh, for a lot of different reasons. And so, no, I will not be betting anything on their behalf. Only if you would allow me so to So we bet. should hang up on the Florida State Hall of Fame if they call you then. <laughs> well, the other part of this is uh, we're just happy for the kitty cats down in South Florida that they've actually won a couple of playoff series this year because they had won one playoff series the entire century until this run. And the Lightning had treated them like a doormat in the postseason the last couple of years. So now with the lightning out of the way, it looks as though they're going to make their way into the Stanley Cup final, and it'll be it'll be interesting. I am curious, Mr. Uh, inductee in the future for the Nevada Broadcasting Hall of Fame, ESPN 
televising the Western Conference Finals. TNT will have the Stanley Cup Final, but the ESPN broadcast crew is the legendary Emmy Award-winning Sean McDonough, Ray Ferraro in between the glass. Did you get to hobnob with those guys a little bit in and around press box, in and around a media dining or anything like that? Yeah, uh, yeah. About we'll get a chance to see these guys uh, before the game usually and in between periods, and that is the – I guess the beauty, the only beauty that, you know, I guess you get out of the intermission stuff because I'm not a, you know, a two intermission guy. I mean, give me a half time. This is what drives me nuts about hockey. You know, we got, we got to sit around for 18 minutes in between periods. So what do you do? You have to hobnob. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can only eat so much popcorn and M&Ms there up yep. in the, the media section. You know what I'm saying? You don't have so many Coca-Cola's water or your favorite beverage, TJ. So that's what we got to do. That's what we, we sit around. We hobnob. Yeah. I love that. I love you know, you one of my favorites was, was Doc Emmerich. You know, sure. Doc Emmerich used to come on my show. He, he was gracious enough to do that. And I wish he was still doing this because I love those conversations with, oh. with Doc Emmerich. Yeah, I, I don't know that I've told you this, but I've shared it before, and we might as well in the sports media one. So I'm going to take you back to 1996, which is, my God, 27 years ago. It is the year that I got married. And, and my wife, Jennifer, has now tolerated me for 30, 30 years, 27 of marriage. Amazing. Um, it is. She's unbelievable. She's the MVP. Okay. So 1996, the Tampa Bay Lightning moved into their new downtown arena that's been their home for the last 27 years. So I believe, I don't think this was the first game in that arena. I think it was like the second game. But the reason I remember that it was October of 96 is the Yankees were playing the Atlanta Braves in the World Series. And you may know where I'm going with this. So the night of the game is the Lightning and the New Jersey Devils, and Doc Emmerich is the local regional broadcaster for the Devils on TV. Um, and he had been the national broadcaster at that time for a couple of years on Fox uh, as well, doing the Stanley Cup final. All right, so I know who he is. He doesn't know who I am. I'm a five-day-a-week talk show host in Tampa Bay. That is the night in game one of the World Series in Yankee Stadium where Andrew Jones hit two home runs in his first two at-bats as like a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old. And so we're in the like the first intermission, and I've been having an eye on the baseball game as well as the hockey in front of me, and all of a sudden I have Doc Emmerich standing next to me, the Doc Emmerich standing there, who I've not met, and um, he says, what's going on in the game? Well, he's eating popcorn. <laughs> he says, what's going on in the game? I said, uh, well, Mr. Emmerich, I think I did call him Mr. Emmerich. I said, uh, Mr. Emmerich, uh, Andrew Jones has hit two home runs in his first two ever at bats in the world series is like a 19 year old. He looks at me and goes, that's pretty good. We probably won't see that again. Will we <laughs> I said, no, probably won't. He said, by the way, call me Mike. I'm Mike Emmerich. And I said, Mike, I'm TJ. I do local sports radio here. He goes, TJ, nice to meet you. Kind of like you TC Martin. If you ever need me to come on your show or anything, let me know. I said, sure. So I only had a couple of encounters with him. But that was the first one 27 years ago. Speaking That's of great. a hockey press box and yeah. the World Series and Andrew Jones, how did I do on connecting my dots? Did I connect them all fairly well, well in, in like mean, somewhat if, succinct if time? You're doing, uh, you know, a bingo card to be, you know, I don't, I don't think we'd connect or, or tic tac toe. What do they call it? A cat's game? You didn't connect. I don't know. It, well, it would be, okay. But still, I mean, it's the Doc Emmerich. Uh, okay, story, so, so sandwiched, how about that? Sandwiched in between these Vegas Golden Knight games this weekend was the undisputed lightweight world title fight on ESPN pay-per-view that Devin Haney won over Vasily Lomachenko. And you know I'm a boxing guy, you're a boxing guy as well. Not everybody's a boxing person, but this was a fairly significant in the boxing world fight. 
You were there, the unelected mayor of Las Vegas, right there at the MGM Grand Arena. Again, give us a taste off of the Golden Knight games. What was that like with a with a large crowd, if not a sold-out arena at the MGM Grand for that? Well, again, you know, covered boxing here going back, you know, to 1992. And just one of my favorite uh, events is going to world championship fights. I, I probably love it more than anything. And there's nothing more exciting. And I've, you know, you've heard me talk about this before than the ring walk, you know, for these fighters in a world championship fight. It doesn't matter the weight classification or not. MGM Grand Garden Arena. Everybody loves the MGM Grand Garden because of its history. Obviously, you've had so many Floyd Mayweather fights. I mean, you've had, you know, Evander Holyfield, uh, you know, you know, big George Foreman, right? Uh, the list Pacquiao, goes on. Oscar De La Hoya, Chavez. I mean, the list right, goes right. on and on right. and on. And it's great. It's a great venue. And so Lomachenko has fought here in Vegas, as we know, many, many times. Crowd was pretty split, believe it or not. Uh, Haney had his backers, and you know Haney's a, a Las Vegas kid, not born or raised here, but he was a you know, Oakland, San Francisco kid. But he's been trained, you know, training in Vegas, so he he has a, a a pretty decent following, and especially the way he's been fighting as of late. So it was very exciting. Um, my biggest question mark coming into this fight was: Can Lomachenko get off to a quick start? Will he get off to a quick start? Because as we saw in the Teofimo Lopez. Uh, fight he did not and then he had to rally and win the second half of the fight and it was just too little too late he had the six inch reach advantage for Devin Haney that was a question mark he had you know one inch taller than Lomachenko so can Lomachenko get back to the Lomachenko that we saw prior you know to that Lopez fight and and, and can he take it to him and he could and as we saw earlier on uh, in the early rounds I, I was going wow this is great um Lomachenko has a great chance to win this fight and for the most part I felt the Lomachenko controlled the fight uh, again what he brought to Haney was footwork and speed in combinations from so many different angles that Haney has never experienced before and granted we talked about that with all the boxing guests that I had on prior you know you know to the lead up of the fight all last week and then we recapped it you know the last couple of days and it was like this is vintage Lomachenko at the end, even the Haney supporters were hanging their heads saying, we think our guy got beat. We know it was a close fight. He did not get the 12th round. Uh, I will not say robbery. I had Lomachenko winning the fight 115-13 like so many other people did. Yep. You can even probably make the case you know, for a 116-112 Lomachenko. But what we cannot make the case for TJ Reeves is Dave Moretti's card of 116-112 to for Haney. And if you do the conventional wisdom math here, that's like a six round swing from what it should have been. Right. So that's where the controversy lays. That's why everybody is raining and raving about this. And I feel bad for Vasily Lomachenko because he, he prepared so well for this fight. He followed his game plan. Mm -hmm. He, he, he executed his game plan. And that's why he was so emotional after the fight, because he felt that, he got robbed. And I want to say robbery because again, 115, 113 is fair for, for Haney. Great fight, draw, but the majority of the people thought, yes, Lomachenko won the fight. But great I was atmosphere say, most and of a them, great fight. And, and it was an action-packed fight. Great atmosphere to be around, as you were mentioning. You could tell that on TV and on the pay-per-view. Was the consensus of the media around you, I saw a lot of it on social media, that they thought Lomachenko won this fight as well. 
Was that the case for you being in that around was your the case? Media, yeah. that, that we, we kind of the consensus one. He he won the fight. It was close. He can make a case for a draw, but no one sitting around said, "Hey, I've got Haney winning this fight." You know, one fifteen, one thirteen. Nobody had one sixteen, one twelve, except for Dave Moretti. Yeah, it was a strange, and there, you know, there's been strange decisions in Las Vegas for 40, 50, 60 years. It seems like so. Yeah, strange one there in the boxing world, but we love the fights and the big time fights. I know you and I met virtually, uh, virtually and literally interviewing you uh, off the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder first right. fight in February of 2020. That's about the first time that we met. So we're linked because of heavyweight title boxing back, uh, back three plus years ago now. So I love that. I love, I love Great that memory we, there. Again, that's, yeah. a very, that's a very good memory. Because you were my go-to right. guy. You had been yeah. there in the I arena and we that. needed the, the doctor, the uh, Nevada Broadcasting Hall of Famer to be uh, coming up. Can I just put one criticism out there? I enjoy uh, uh, good and great play-by-play, but on this podcast, on the Last Word on Sports Media podcast, we often have some criticism. My criticism currently of Joe Tessitore, and I don't know if you've heard the call because you were in the arena, heard the call of the fight, is that Tessitore has gotten too over the top, even, even more so than like a wrestling announcer, even more so than Mauro Ronaldo, the Showtime announcer who's loud. Tessitore, hold on, watch this. Tessitore wants to yell about everything. Oh, a great punch up. Oh, I have to yell. I'm yelling about this. I'm still yelling here. Stop yelling about everything. Can somebody at ESPN that's in charge higher up Say, Joe, stop yelling about everything that's going on in the fight because it's almost the little boy that cried wolf. You start to annoy people because you're yelling about a jab. Oh, a jab. Oh, a body punch. I don't need a yell about a jab or a body punch. I need a yell of, oh, what a right hand, and the guy is laid out. That's the yell I need. So, again, there are plenty of different uh, uh, broadcasters that love to yell. So I'm just singling him out because he didn't used to be that way. It's almost like he's decided now, I have to yell. I have to yell about everything. I have to yell. Somebody back it down. That's all I'm saying, doctor. I'm off my soapbox. I don't know if you want to jump in on that or not. That's just no, me I'll, saying I'll just, I'll just say this, you know, back to, you know, meeting people. I met Joe a couple of times. Really like Joe. I really do. And, um, you know, you know, I have Tim Bradley, Andre Ward yes. on my show, especially Tim Bradley a lot. Maybe. I, and that's that's your combo. Maybe I'll pass that on to Tim and say, hey, Tim, say this to Joe. Yeah, but, turn you know, it, turn it down because, a notch or two. You know, yeah. that's it's funny that you do bring that up because when I've seen Joe, the fights outside of Vegas, I, you know, now that you mentioned it, I, I think I have me- seen that maybe a little bit more. And I think what it is, TJ, you know, it, probably for him, he's just getting caught up in the moment. He's yeah. getting caught up in in the excitement. And as you know, top rank, you know, ever since Todd DeBuff has has taken over, I don't know if you know the story or not, but, you know, Bob Arum and top rank, they never went to the glitz and glamour and the fireworks and the pyrotechnics and all this other kind of stuff. But Todd DeBuff, who's the president of top rank and who's Bob's son-in-law, um, when they were at that lull going back six, seven, eight years ago, it was like, you know, we need to, to spruce up our ring entrances and that sort of thing. So Todd went to several WWE shows specifically mm-hmm. for that. And that's when now they got the smoke and everything else and the loud noise. And, you know, and then they hired as their ring announcer, you know, the guy who does the golden Knights hype stuff and this and that. And I think that Joe, again, I'm not speaking for Joe, but just, you know, to your point, 
probably they just got kind of get caught up in that. And I think kind of that's what top rank. Do you ESPN's think it maybe for. I'm not saying you know this. Do you think maybe they encourage some of that? Get louder. Possibly. Be, but Joe's a pro, as we know. Sure. We've seen him do college football and, for and years. By, and by the way, he's tremendous yeah. doing the college football and he isn't yelling all the time. Yeah. So on I think that I think it's caught yeah. up in that mo, mo moment of the big prize fight and with all the glitz glamour and maybe encouraged to do that then again does maybe. he do that with holy moly i don't know <laughs> it's a good line on that uh i want to finish up with the dr tc martin he's at tc martin 21 uh here on uh twitter uh why don't we do this officially let's go love it or leave it all right some fun ones kind of rapid fire to finish up so the nfl has announced not only monday night flex scheduling where they will move a Monday night game back to Sunday. If they feel necessary, all of these, by the way, are only at the end of the year for Monday night. And what we're coming to in a second in the final four weeks or so, they can move a game from Monday to Sunday. Now they've announced that they've approved Thursday night flex where you were playing Thursday. And now you could be playing Sunday. If the Thursday game is bad, it gets moved to Sunday and a better game gets moved to Thursday. Dr. Love it or leave it on the flex scheduling that the NFL has come up with from a competitive standpoint, from a TV standpoint, where do you come down? Leave it. Okay. You know, I'm not a fan of Thursday night football at all. The Sunday night flex. Okay. We've, kind of been dealt that hand and we're used to it. It's fine. We want a prime time, great game on Sunday night. I get that Thursday night football has always been the deadest of the dead. You know that. Okay. Mm -hmm. The NFL has gone to the gimmick routine years ago of the color rush uniforms. Why? Because the matchups were so bad. Seriously. Right, right. They were so bad. Players hate playing on Thursday night. Coaches hate playing on Thursday night. Players, hate. players get more injured on Thursday night. By Absolutely. The way. No one wants to play on Thursdays. It's not natural, but for the almighty TV dollar, we do it. And then the ratings were so bad because the matchups were so bad. And now we got to go in Sillery television, you know, Amazon, the prime, all this other nonsense. I've had it, TJ. I don't want Thursday night. Give me Thursday well, night to do something else. But I Thursday, want Thursday night movie night. I understand Thursday night's here to stay. My thing, just just from a competition standpoint, is they got to be careful about this because later in the year it's going to be a big deal if a team that's supposed to play Thursday night gets the extra three days of rest before they have to play Sunday because you're dumping out of a bad matchup, or if somebody that has. Uh, really a need for rest now suddenly has to play Thursday because they're they're a good matchup and they want to move it up. It's different than even Monday to Sunday. That's one day and that's one extra day compared to Sunday, Sunday. In this case, you're moving up three days earlier uh, to play, 72 hours earlier to play. So I think a lot of people, and there were eight teams that objected. That's interesting uh, to it. The two New York teams objected. The Raiders out in your market objected. The Buccaneers did not object. The Cowboys did not object. The Packers did not object uh, to, to doing the Thursday night flex. And they can only do it a maximum of two times, two times for Monday night, maximum of two times for Thursday night. And it's only at the very end of the season. And I understand for the amount of money, you know, this TC that ABC and Amazon Prime are paying uh, in this scenario, they want to have the ability that if they know they have a caca, a crapola game, they know it and they see it in December. We got a three-win team against a two-win team. They got to have a way to get out of it because of the money they're paying. So I understand that part, but why do I get the feeling this is going to be? And we didn't even get it, get down the rabbit hole of what about fans that are traveling from out of market? 
and spending yeah. thousands of dollars on airfare, hotel tickets, and you're scrambling their travel plans because you move the game on 72 hours earlier or uh, 72 hours later th- than what you planned uh, on that. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. I'll keep it moving. Love it or leave it. Indianapolis 500 is a Memorial Day weekend tradition. Does the doctor love it or does the doctor leave it on watching that when NBC, by the way, has the television again after so many years of ABC, Jim McKay, Wide World of Sports and all that, having the Indy 500. NBC has it. You love it. You leave it. You don't. You do watch. You don't watch. What's the story, doctor? I loved it when I was eight to ten years old. Like you said, you know, <laughs> with those guys back there, Jim McKay, AJ Fort, AJ Foyt, Dell Unser, mm-hmm. Bobby Unser, all that stuff. Loved it then. Leave it now, please. No, you just don't. You don't even care. It's horrendous. And like you said, you know, follow the changing of the networks. Where can you find it? Right. And let's go back to that. Just let's go back to what you said earlier about. These Stanley Cup finals on TNT? Am I going to have Kenny <laughs> Smith and Charles Bar? What are we doing? You can't find the NHL. This is right. the problem. ESPN, TNT, somewhere else. Uh, uh, ES- ABC. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. What? How, how did they get in this marriage of TNT and ABC? And they the, wanted this more ESPN money. They triangle? wanted more money in another outlet. Leave that, TJ. Leave I'm, that. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I, I the, the one advantage the one advantage I might have over you is I've been to an Indianapolis 500. Mrs. Reeves and I got to go in 2007. I was covering it for Sirius XM, yum, and yum, that yum, yes, yum. and that kind of changes your perspective a little bit on how fast it all is, how vast that place is. Is that why you're partially I'm, deaf? I, I maybe, but uh, part of it, like for example, when you watch this on Sunday for the audience, not just for TC, when they come around the first turn to that first and second turn in that grandstand. That grandstand's got 100,000 people in it. 100,000 in that grandstand turn one, turn two, going to the backstretch. Think about the Michigan football stadium, the big house. Think about Neyland Stadium in Knoxville, uh, you know, Tennessee, the Rose Bowl out by you. That's in turn one and turn two. That's how many people are at this event. I love the tradition and I love the pageantry. Always have with that, but I don't follow it anymore. The rest is no good uh, on that. All right, couple more, couple more before we get out of here. Love it or leave it. We're going right in your wheelhouse. Uh, Las Vegas Aces, WNBA season underway. The defending champs. I know you had some controversy. I was just hoping when I heard salary cap violations that my man, the radio guy for the Las Vegas Aces, TC Martin, got in on those salary cap violations and you got some more money out of all of this. I was hoping they were overpaying you like under the table. Cash well, let's deal, say I, I, I did benefits. get a little bit of a raise, you know. <laughs> I did, you know, so call it what you but, want. But, hey, the audience is way up. The The opening weekend, including on network TV, is way up. You got to be loving the WNBA with the storylines. Brittany Griner is back. Um, the, the league is preparing eventually to have Caitlin Clark in it in another year. Things trending up for the WNBA, right? You got to love that. So the opener in Seattle last week, uh, which is televised uh, on ABC, uh, was the highest rated game they have. If you saw over uh, nearly 700,000 viewers, which is fantastic. No, the WNBA highest, is 20- highest rated game they had had at all, uh, mm-hmm. save for a finals game in 12 seasons, yeah. by the way, yeah. to your point. And, re- and remember this too. Uh, they sold out a 20,000 seat arena in Canada for an exhibition game last week as well, too. So no, the WNBA is at its uh, height right now. Player salaries are up. The collective bargain agreement is good. You are seeing players that have 
uh, all these endorsements now. Uh, if, if you watch uh, your commercials, you'll see Asia Wilson, you know, uh, pimping ruffles with Charles Barkley and Jason Tatum and LeBron James and everybody else. And, uh, you know, by the way, I love those ruffles. Um, but yes, yes. So you're seeing more and more of this, more primetime games, ESPN and the ABC package. Uh, and in the talent is phenomenal. I mean, it is the, it is the toughest league to make a roster. There's only 12 teams. There's 144 women that are vying for these roster spots. The product is fantastic. The aces again are going to be the team to beat. Uh, they are loaded and uh, can hardly wait. Um, you know, the season is underway and we have our home opener and it's ring night, TJ. It is ring night coming up Saturday night at the Michelob Ultra arena at the Mandalay Bay. Let me get some jewelry on the doctor. I better see a social media photo or two at TC Martin 21 on Twitter, TC Martin show, TC Martin show.com on the internet. And they can hear you on the internet through the Vegas aces uh, website and through the WNBA and the, and the way to hear it online, they can yeah, hear you yeah, wherever and, they are, not and just and our affiliate right. ESPN Las Vegas for game days. Yes. Yeah, there you go. So you can hear the doctor uh, call the games um all right i think we're good on love it or leave it have we covered everything uh i think we pretty well have here with the doctor sports media and otherwise uh between we even talk raiders we didn't even talk vegas Raiders. is Devonte adams going to get traded everybody's wondering right now if he's so disgruntled that he's going to get traded i can't see that happening i, I, I don't I know I, I, I can't see that as of now no i can't see that and no matter how again, unhappy he is De, you know Devonte was happy as a lark uh you know 12 months ago and then you know is he that worried you're in the market? Is he that worried about Garoppolo being the quarterback? What's the vibe? Is that what the problem is? Why would you not want to stick it out and see if it doesn't improve some in year two? Yeah, I don't know. I think the Darren Waller trade, it sent a lot of people the wrong message. You know, here's a guy that's a pro bowler, uh, was very good for this community. A guy had a great story and you, you dealt him away. I think, and I'm not speaking for Devante at all or anyone, but the view here is, when you brought in the Patriots West, you know, I mean, this is what you have here now with uh, Dave Ziegler as the general manager and then Josh McDaniels. And I understand it's a winning, winning tradition under Bill Belichick, you know, Robert Kraft. I get that. You know, Mark Davis has bought into that. And now Tom Brady is a part owner, not very only for Las Vegas Aces, but uh-huh. now it's, it will be announced very shortly that, that uh, he is a member, a uh, owner of the Las Vegas Raiders as well, too. So I think all of that is may, maybe rubbing some people the wrong way because people are getting traded or getting cut or contracts aren't getting extended like Josh Jacobs. So, you know, it, you want to take, you know, if you're a player, you want to take care of your brothers. You want to be taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And bottom line is Devonte wants to win now. He didn't come here. To, to be part of a rebuilding project or a reclamation project, even though the writing was on the wall about that. So again, let's see what happens in training camp. We will find out soon enough. So all things Vegas, find the TC Martin show, tcmartinshow.com five days a week. Uh, the Vegas aces, um, Nevada broadcasting hall of famer, love his insight on all that goes on out West. Listen, thank you. You gave me, you gave me plenty on the last word on sports media podcast And we may have to circle back with the Vegas Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup final again. Hello on whatever might happen here uh, for how this could end up with that. Love it. Uh, TC Martin, thank you, my friend. TJ Reeves, always a pleasure, my friend. Anytime. Uh, Always love being on with you. Take care. 
So there we go. Love the insight and the perspective from the different guests that we get on, including TC out in Las Vegas. I am merely TJ. And since we did a little love it or leave it to conclude things with TC on the conversation, that'll pretty much do it for this edition of the Last Word on Sports Media podcast. We thank you for clocking in. We're here uh, for you midweek each and every week as part of the Last Word on Sports Media uh, watch podcast here, the, the Last Word on Sports Media podcast, and as part of the feed uh, here on Last Word on Sports Media. Uh, tell me a story I don't know with George Offman that airs every week. Again, Rick Riz, the longtime voice of the Seattle Mariners, but got his start in and around Chicago and Southern Illinois University. A 48-year Major League Baseball career as a radio and TV announcer. He's the guest with George. Phil and Mike with announcer schedules on everything NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs. Now we've got uh, the Indy 500 coming this week on NBC. Major League Baseball that's ongoing, the biggest events, championship golf, whatever it is, they talk all about it on the announcer schedules podcast. For now, we are good uh, here for this edition of the Last Word on Sports Media Podcast. Make sure that you follow this feed or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Find out more at lastwordonsports.com slash podcast. Lastwordonsports.com slash podcast. For my man TC Martin as a special guest, I am merely his initials brother, TJ Reeves. We thank you for being with us as we keep watch on everything with the news, the ins and outs, the ratings, and more on the Last Word on Sports Media Podcast. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.